Episode 13, The Main Event. You are listening to the main event. Yo, 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 yo. What is happening, people? It's your boy, the main attraction, Jermaine Parker, and welcome back to another episode of the main event. Man, you don't even understand how happy I am to be back on your radio or your iPod or whatever device you're listening to. Hey, maybe you check me out at the website, www.themaineventpodcast.com. Hey, that's where you're going to catch up on the latest episodes. You're going to see what's going on and what we got planned. And I know you think to yourself, hey, man, don't be like that. You acting like you didn't take no break. I did. I did. I took a little break, uh, guys, and uh, uh, I semi apologize. It's uh, it's kind of half hearted apology uh, for that, and it's simply because I took some time out to be with my girls. I got two little girls for those who know me, and um, so I'm actually broadcasting live from Altus, Oklahoma, um, and uh, so I'm out here right now and I'm away from the family and stuff. And so for the last couple of weeks, I wanted to spend my time with the, with the family. And as you can imagine, when you got, uh, two girls, uh, not even in their teens yet, uh, it's a little hard to, <laughs> to carve out some time when they're home, uh, to sit down behind a microphone. Um, so I kind of chose that. I had some other stuff going on. Uh, and we're going to get to all that. I'm going to get to all of it. In fact, you know what? Let's get to it now. Uh, like, like I had something else planned. Actually, to be honest with you, I just wanted to get back and uh, get an episode out. So I'm actually done with my classes for today. I said, let me come set up my equipment. I drove out here so I was able to bring my studio with me. So it may look a little crazy, but I got everything with me. I got my mixing board, uh, my recorder, my iPad. Yo, I'm ready to go. I'm hooked up. I can take phone calls. It was something I couldn't do when I was out in Sacramento. Um, so I can actually start bringing a guest again. Ah, man. Yo, it's going to be hype. Um, so, you know what? I'm going to start here, though. I tell people, yo, yeah, I got a podcast and stuff. And people say, yo, what's your podcast about? And I kind of go, eh, because originally this podcast was strictly about me talking about leadership and stuff. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know absolutely that that has not been my continual focus. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I'm going to uh, cut out the shenanigans from everything else and be like, no, nah, I'm just going to buckle down on leadership. In fact, one of the things that I'm going to introduce, and it was one of the things that was uh, a reason I took some time off as I was finishing up 
Uh, we, uh, I had kind of mentioned in a couple podcasts that I was going to school, trying to get my real estate license. Well, ding, ding, dong, dong. Hey, your boy's got it. Your boy has got it. He's got his real estate license. Give it up. Um, so, <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually a uh, realtor with, uh, Keller Williams. Uh, my particular realty is a university and this is all in Charlotte and stuff. Um, look, uh, part of this podcast is going to be me dropping some dimes for you, um, about real estate and investment and some of the things I'm not afraid to give you guys like what my plans are and blueprints and stuff. Um, because, uh, the energy I'm on and just like any energy, it can't be destroyed. <laughs> you know, it can be transferred from place to place. And so if there's something I say to you, whether I can personally help you or like in making a transaction, uh, closing deals and stuff, I'm here for you. Um, or if it's just that you go, yo, that sounds like a good deal. Um, that dude's not completely insane. Let me look into that and it inspires you to go do your own little things. Man, I'm all here for it. So I did take some time for that. You know, uh, passed my test back in October. Um, was able to, uh, to get on with Keller. Um, it, and I'll be honest with you. Um, so the reason I chose Keller, I had some, um, as a, as a real estate agent, you're an independent employee. You're, you're your own boss. And that was one of the attractive things for me as I'm, uh, 21, almost 22 years into my military career, uh, eventually I got to stop. And so I don't know if that's going to be the next three years, the next five years, 17, you, you get what I'm saying and stuff. Um, but now's the time for me to start making sure that I'm padding myself up and I've got other options and stuff, uh, whenever this thing, uh, stops. Cause you know, I'm over 20 years now. And so I serve at the leisure of my commanders, my leadership and stuff. And I hope, uh, like everything else, I bring them value. And as I was discussing with a friend of mine today, um, I don't, you know, I'm really past the point of doing this for myself anyway. At this point, it really is that leadership part where I really thrive and that I'm, that's really what I geeked up, um, to go to work for. Um, like I said, I'm out here in Altus, uh, Altus, Oklahoma, uh, cross training to the C-17, uh, for my 130s. And I also have a background in C-5s, all cargo air, uh, lifters, all current day uh, platforms that Air Force uses. So I will have been uh, trained and flown all three, um, which, you know, I'm reaching way back to pat myself on the back right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've had a great career, and I really have. Um, and like I say, with the leadership side of it, it's really just being able to be in a position to be advocates for people. And I always tell people, you got to have an advocate. Uh, I had one. Uh, I've, well, I've, I've actually had a, a lot of them. It, it helps to have a lot of them. People who believe in you, uh, believe that uh, if they can just open a door for you or give you a bit of information, your mentors, your leaders and stuff, the people that come to your lives and say, hey, have you thought about taking this class? Hey, you need to look at this opportunity. Um, I don't mind writing a letter recommend for you. It'd be my pleasure. Those kind of people. And like when, so when I talk about the podcast and what the podcast is about, and you know, I mentioned that, you know, it was originally created around the whole thing that this was just going to be leadership and stuff like that. Uh, so this is, you know, this is the leadership portion of that. This is me telling you why I love it and why I created the podcast because really in my career, that's where I am. I'm at that point where I'm reaching down, I'm reaching back and I'm going, Hey, I want to help you 
uh, not just get to where I am, to, but surpass me. Here's, here's some of the things, just like parents and stuff, uh, when you want to give your kids the shortcuts, you want to give them the, the crib notes. You want to make sure that they got all the gouge and stuff. They, they, they know the answers to the test. And so that's what, uh, I, that's where I am kind of my leisure right now where I'm trying to give out the answer key, uh, so guys can propel themselves faster and, uh, more efficiently, efficiently along the way, uh, to the top. And I'm telling you, that's not just good for the individual. It's good for the organization because when you develop people faster, when you get them into be more confident and more confident, uh, more competent and more confident in what they're doing, uh, it helps out your organization. And so that doesn't matter where I'm doing it in real estate or I'm doing it on the military or if I work for IBM or I work for a big bank or whoever I'm working for. Uh, it's important that you realize that these things uh, are what uh, solidify you and your legacy. If that's something that you're looking for, policies and, you know, I gave people five minutes off. That's not it. Helping people, uh, that's how you never die. It's sort of like with your kids and stuff. You make that impact upon them and your memory lives on. Same thing at work. You talk about legacies and stuff like that. And I hope to leave a legacy when I leave the military. I hope for guys to be talking about it for years of how I helped them and how I made things easier. I always say I don't stand here on my own accomplishments. I stand on the laurels and on the shoulders of men before me, uh, especially as a black man in a flight suit. Yo, Tuskegee. Obviously, I give big props to those guys for opening up the doors and making it acceptable in something um, that was easier for me to do when I came into service in the uh, late 90s. So, again, uh, leadership is important, but the podcast has just become so much more uh, than that to me. It really has become like, you know, my my uh, my verbal blog where I'm talking about different things that are going on. And I'm trying to be socially conscious and stuff because in my mind, that's great leadership too. You know, being able to look at things and when, especially when they're uncomfortable and people don't want to talk about them and to talk about them with some kind of intelligence and facts and try to take some of the emotion out of it. Not all of it because emotions are good things. Sometimes you got to be able to know how to wield that uh, weapon though, if you're going to use it. Uh, but to be able to look at certain things and go, man, that's fucked up. And just be honest about it. Be like, yo, that's not right. That's not the way we handle business around here. Um, and for me, you know, th that translates, like say, across the board, no matter the, uh, the uh, profession that you're in, it just translates for me. It really does. And I hope that when you listen to this, that you understand that all this stuff can be applied across the board. You know, I may be talking about one thing, but listen to the key points, the lessons of it all. And, you know, take from it what you will, but take from it that number one, this is, this is, this all comes from a really good place. Uh, it comes from a very selfless place. Now there's some, there's some issues. I did a, a podcast and I talked about, uh, racism in America and how that was rooted in and stuff. And, uh, I, I, I catch some flack every once in a while for putting stuff on social media. And I'll be honest with you. I think I've said this before. I don't really like Facebook. I don't really like a lot of social media because there's a lot of venomous people out there. There are things out there. Uh, I always quote uh, Uncle Charlotte, Charlemagne the God, and uh, every morning he tweets out, thanking God for another day of life. How 
awesome is that? You know, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just blessed to be here. And you wouldn't believe, and maybe you would, some of the comments they come, you're like, you should die already. And you're like, yo, where's that come from? And that's kind of where my, my love hate is with the social media stuff. I use my platforms. Uh, you know, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find my personal account. Uh, the main event has its own uh, Facebook page. Uh, I got the, um, and this is, it, maybe this is how you found me. You found me on Instagram or you found me on Twitter. You followed me for something else. I know I picked up a lot of Twitter followers uh, when I was fighting fires and stuff. I put some videos out there, some really cool videos that I eventually had to take down. I addressed that in my last podcast, what happened with that. Uh, but uh, I got some followers there. So maybe this is how you're like, oh, you know, I got a little extra time. Me personally, I love listening to podcasts, especially out here in Oklahoma where it's like I don't have really a big variety for radio stations and stuff. And, you know, when you're driving around, you something in your ear kind of killing time and stuff. And so, hey, thank you sincerely for allowing me into your home. Uh, no, seriously, you, you allow me in and you allow me the opportunity to uh, talk about these things, whether it is the leadership or what it is, the social activism that I'm talking about. And and I'm not an activist. I'm not. I encourage everybody to, uh, one of the things, we just had the elections. That was a big thing. Um, in midterms elections, the turnout was phenomenal for that. And so it doesn't matter to me who you voted for. I want people to vote. I, I get tired of uh, a minority of people making decisions for the majority. And there's power in your vote. If there wasn't, they wouldn't try to take it from you. They wouldn't try to make it so hard for you. Just understand that. You know, get out and vote. Doesn't matter what's blue or red, which politics are stuff. Get out and vote and let your voice be heard. Uh, that's the minimum that you can do. Uh, beyond that, some things that I, like I'm looking into is being a little bit more active uh, uh, with campaigning, with social issues, Um you know, as I said, you know, I got my real estate license stuff. So things like going downtown and understanding what uh, is happening politically drive commerce uh, and help me out tremendously on my real estate side. It's that kind of expertise that I can bring to you as a realtor when I go, hey, I was downtown. I saw the meeting stuff. They're planning a mall there. Your property's worth more. Or, hey, this is going on. You might want to sell before this happens. You know, some material facts that. You might want to uh, you might want to know, and you know just like I've been dedicated and uh, decorated in my military career, I, I I plan to have the same kind of accolades and stuff follow me into my civilian career as I build this brand and I build this business. Uh, people have done business uh, with me. I say business on the military side. Um, they know how to operate. And absolutely, I'm going to bring the same kind of tenacity and professionalism and expertise uh, to the real estate game. I'm, uh, I'm reading. I'm learning. I'm asking questions. I'm making sure that uh, I'm going to be the best guy for you in your situation if that's what you need, anytime you need one. Um, and, you know, it's so funny because uh, part of the reason that I chose Keller Williams is that as a new agent, new to the game and stuff, uh, Keller just overwhelmingly uh, had the technology and the connections and just the infrastructure as a new agent. You know, if you're starting off and you don't have uh, a mortgage company, you don't have inspectors, you don't have this and that, um, and in the training, oh, my goodness. 
so one of the things that is I was sitting in real estate class learning, you know, all the laws. And that's all it teaches you really is how to stay out of real estate jail, which is real jail. Um, (laughs) Breaking real estate commission rules is what will get you in jail, but it's real jail. Keep you out of jail really is what it teaches you. But it doesn't teach you how to sell real estate. Uh, But Keller Williams will. Uh, Their training is literally second to none. Literally, it's second to none. Um, everybody that came in to talk about their real estate stuff, they used some version or something from Keller Williams' model. And I thought to myself, man, do I want the knockoff or do I want the real thing? So that's why I'm with Keller. I don't know why everybody else is with Keller, but that's why I'm with Keller. Keller has over 170,000 agents worldwide. There's absolutely nothing that – so here's a cool deal. So if you send me a message or whatever, I can actually share with you my personal real estate app. It's a personal app. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are in the United States. If it's listed, it's on the app. You just, you can put in your location. You put in your details and stuff. Hey, uh, I don't know if you like me. I just like looking at houses. I do. Um, and uh, whether I'm planning on buying this year, next year, or five years from now, I kind of just, you know, just so I got my finger on it so nobody can tell me. I know what the prices are. I know what housing look like, you know, uh, because those are major, major purchases. And you got to have somebody in there that you trust and knows what they're doing. Uh, I tell people, I got a buddy of mine. He sold his own house, all this kind of good stuff. And he's like, you know, why would I need a realtor? I said, you don't. Um, I recently went through a divorce, and I didn't need a lawyer. Um, I, I got one anyway because... That was somebody who was a professional in the field to help me navigate something that was very important. And that's what a realtor does for you. Uh, we don't practice law. I'm not going to give you any legal advice because I'm not trying to go to jail for it. But I have a certain expertise. Um, I know what's traditional in a transaction that maybe you don't. Maybe somebody with an agent. If you're working with somebody, if you're either buying or selling with somebody has got an agent, oh, man, Um I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. If you're on the opposite end of me, I'm going to I'm going to clean you out for my for my client. For this year, I'm 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 bound to use everything I know to get my client the best deal. I'm not working for you, so it's it's probably good for you if you if you want you you probably want me working for you. It's kind of like that that divorce lawyer. You want to get the best one in town. You don't want to have to fight against them. <laughs> you don't want that firm. You don't want that firm and their resources against you. You don't want to fight Keller. <laughs> you don't want to fight Keller. Come on, get your Keller Williams agent, preferably me. Um, but like I was saying, if you want, I can send you just you know send me a message. I can DM you the app. It's, I mean, it's not a it's it's not signed up for anything. It's not reporting anything. If you ever feel like you know you found something, I don't care if it's in Montana. And you're like, yo, I want to get that. The very best I can do is do this. Like I said, 170,000 over 170,000 agents worldwide. I can refer you out to the best agent that meets your needs in Montana and hook you up. And that way, one of the things that you don't have to do is go out there and figure out who you can trust. I call directly to the center. I refer out and go, hey, I need an agent that does X, Y, and Z, specializes in this. Who's your guy? Broker in charge goes, hey, that's Steve. Here's Steve's information. I give you Steve's information. You go from there. There's nothing for it just for you. You know, so it doesn't matter where it is. If you If you're thinking about it, just let me know. I can hook you up. Like I say, um, I can buy and sell in North Carolina, but I can hook you up in all 50 states. 
uh, and probably some other places around the world I hadn't even thought of. I mean, I've, I've not been with Keller long enough to know everywhere outside of Continental where they're, where they're operating, but they are operating outside of uh, Continental United States. So that's kind of the real estate stuff right now. And like I say, I, I was I was involved with that. So between um, coming off my firefighting job, going directly, uh, working for the guard, having my girls doing the um, uh, the real estate stuff, Man, a brother was busy. So the podcast kind of fell off a little bit, but I am here for weeks and I guarantee you a weekly podcast and I guarantee you high energy podcast. I know. So one of the things that happened before was, and I had a young lady, we were talking stuff and she's like, yo, I listen to your podcast and stuff and I don't think you come across like people who know you know you. You know what I mean? She was like, you just sound kind of, you know, kind of guarded and stuff. I said, well, you know, I ain't going to even lie to you. I got people listening. Uh, and I do. And I mean, I'm not even being funny. I, I, I did something uh, a couple weeks ago. And you know what? Let's do it again. I haters. Uh, I got haters, man. Uh, I'm not going to even lie to you. <laughs> I can't even lie to you. There are people plotting on me. They listen to this podcast to try to trip me up, uh, try to use my words against me and stuff like that. I am dead serious. Hey, look, you ain't popping if you ain't got no haters, and I must be popping a little bit. Uh, I understand that professionally, um, and believe me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not reckless, but... She kind of brought a point to me. She was like, yeah, but you sound so reserved that your personality is not really coming through. And that's the thing that you need to do. You need to have your personality coming through. Like I said, when I was in a hotel, I'm trying to be, you know, hey, look, this is what's going on. I'm like a late night DJ and stuff. I'm not trying to wake up my neighbors and stuff. Yo, I don't care no more. Uh, you going to get it because you deserve it. Really, you do. And honestly, it was it it makes this better for me, too is to be a little loud and be a little animated and stuff and let you hear, no, I'm serious about this. This stuff is serious to me. Uh, so when I'm talking with it, I'm talking about the leadership, when I'm talking about the real estate, when I'm talking about the daily stuff that goes on and these great United States of America, um, whatever it is, I want you guys to know that I do not give a fuck what my haters say anymore. Um, yo, try me. That's all I can say. Uh, I will say this. Uh, I have no idea why some of you dudes on Facebook keep trying me. I have no idea. No, no idea. You are ignorant. You have no, you have no facts. And why, at, especially after you see me handle your friends. And I say they're your friends because you, you basically have the same talking points when you come at me and stuff, when I'm posting stuff. Um, it's my page. I post what I want. Fuck you. If you don't like it, unfollow or, or scroll past. At this guy, <laughs> he actually works uh very close vicinity to our work stuff. And like we walk past each other's stuff, and I'm looking at him like uh like you know I don't fuck with you. <laughs> That's the sound clip I need up. I don't fuck with you. Um seriously, I don't because he said some ignorant shit to me, but he was like he said some shit like uh you're starting to sound like one of them. I was like, well, wait a minute. Who the fuck are you talking about? 
What a who? Um, <laughs> but seriously, um, yeah, hi haters, <laughs> keep listening. Hey, look, I, I I appreciate it because every download counts towards me. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for downloading my shit. I hope you find this especially informative and useful in your life. I, I really do. Um, I did want to because uh, that's like say so I've, I've already talked about a little bit of leadership i talked about a little real a little bit of real estate and i'm gonna i'm gonna end probably on some real estate stuff but in sandwiched in between that i did want to talk about something because you know like i said this is kind of my therapy uh so um uh, uh don't be alarmed I'm, I'm i'm taking my pants off uh no i'm, I'm getting comfortable uh because i love you guys and again thanks so much sincerely thanks so much if you've got this far in the podcast thanks so much <laughs> you are amazing um i hope that i hope that this ray of sunshine uh helps you out but uh yeah i did want to talk about uh disturbing uh stuff and so uh, uh for my new listeners and stuff hi i'm jermaine parker you can find me on uh www.themainevitpodcast.com uh, there's links, there's some bios, there's some pics and stuff. Uh, you can find me on my Instagram, main event, uh, podcast, uh, all the same thing for Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Jermaine Parker, um, over 20 something years in the military, uh, air crew, um, a cargo load master, a rigger, uh, a leader, a lover, uh, all those things, all those things. Very complicated, very complicated. Uh, you know, write your letter, recommend it, whoop your ass in the same day. That kind of, you know, don't be confused. I can switch it up. Um, but one of the things that I will always be is that I'm a big old black man. And you go, well, okay, Jermaine, that's interesting. Why would you bring that up? Uh, because it does inform my social views and my outlook on life. And so it's kind of important for you to understand that at the end of the day, it's the end of the day. And that's, that's, that's where I am because that's where we are in America. And you go, well, Jermaine, well, yeah, okay, where's this going? Well, so I'm just disturbed, and I've been disturbed, and I've talked about this uh, with these police shootings and stuff. And it seems like as we can never hit a low, the lowest point for America, it just seems to be always quantifiably lower and lower. And it started off a couple of weeks ago. Um, I mean, just excuse me. It started off a long time ago, but just a couple of weeks ago, in terms of being distraught and being very perplexed and confused and angry and all these different emotions ab uh, about this stuff. We had a young man, Jamil Robinson, who was a, uh, it was a bouncer up in, uh, Illinois and he's, uh, he's armed security for his club. And these, these patrons in there are getting kind of wild stuff. And they, he's, he's got, a, they got some leave and stuff. Guy comes back later and starts shooting. What's Jamel do? Gets the guy. Stops a mass shooting. Awesome, right? They call the cops. Cops show up. They shoot Jamel. I'm sorry. You heard that shit, right? They shot the dude who's armed security who had apprehended the shooter. Risked his life, apprehended the shooter only to lose his life to trigger happy fucking cops. Man, if they ain't some bullshit. <laughs> the NRA always likes to talk about the good guy with the gun. Well, we got it. There was a good guy with a gun who did the right thing. Hey, NRA, you were right. 
he already hasn't really spoke up about Jamel though, because he's brother and we don't really do brothers. Now this is part of the podcast. We'd be like, Oh shit. Oh, is my boy said, you starting to sound like one of them. Um, <laughs> surprise motherfucker. I ain't one of them. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you want for me. Um, I, um, I was recently talking to somebody and they were talking about some of the, uh, some of the things that they could not dispel and people, you know, especially in the reserve components of the air, uh, the air national guard, the army guard. Uh, I, I imagine it would be in really any reserve components where you can go somewhere and stay there your entire career. Uh, people become elephants with their memory. They remember stuff. And he was talking about, you know, hey, you know, I got this reputation and, you know, I just, just kind of hard, you know, uh, the, 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 to dispel those kind of things. And I'm like, nah, not really. I mean, you could do something for that. Um, there's another guy who got a reputation. He's like, nah, not really. He kind of did that. He could do something for that. Um, you know, what's hard to do. It's hard to stop being black. Not that I've ever tried. <laughs> so, so I'm just, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, this tastes like shit comment. Um, <laughs> not going to eat any shit, but I would believe that it would be that kind of horrible. And, uh, so I've never stopped trying to be black, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's damn near impossible. Um, shout out to Sammy Sosa. Uh, <clears throat> but my, my, my point to that is, is that, so when I, I talk about these things and stuff, it's informed on my opinion that, all this shit could happen to me. And I know people that know me go, Psh, man, you crazy. Jermaine, I know you. There's absolutely at no point where you could be put in a situation like these other guys. Because, you know, we want to we want to take away the humanity of people in order to justify why inhumane things happen to them. And that's not right. And I'm telling you, and I've always told people, I always worry about that kind of stuff, especially when I'm driving across country trying to get here or when I was driving out to Sacramento from North Carolina and stuff, you know, and I'm driving through these small little towns and stuff or here I'm in Oklahoma where uh, I swear all I see is cotton and cows. Um, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> a whole other thing. Actually, I might have to go to Tulsa and go see Black Wall Street. I don't know if there's any monuments and stuff for that. And if you don't know what that is, don't worry. I'm sure I'll bring it back up again if I have not already brought it up a hundred times. Um, so people are like, well, Jamel or Mel, as he was known to his friends, uh, Mel was a good guy. He wanted to be a cop. Uh, obviously never going to get the opportunity. His family was destroyed. Uh, he was wearing uh, clothing that identified him as security. Uh, some of the police officers recognized him. Um, and it still didn't stop him from getting shot. Good guy doing the right thing and stuff. So when I talk about myself and I go, yo, I talk about this stuff because it applies to me. If you don't talk about it, it's because you're not afraid of it. I'm definitely afraid of it. And you go again, dude, you're a military dude. That could happen to you. Oh, stop, snap, wait. Hey, I'd like to talk about EJ Bradford. U.S. Army. Shot in the face by Hoover, Alabama police at a mall. They believed that he was a mass shooter. They're, now, I, I, want, I want to say this. There was an 18-year-old and like a 12-year-old, 12, 14-year-old. 12, uh, they got shot, 
and um, my, I, you know, prayers to them and their family. I hope they recover and everything. And that shooter's still on the loose. Um, but EJ's uh, dead. Cop shot him in the face. Thought he was a shooter. Black guy. Never caused trouble. Son of a police officer. In the U.S. military. People known forever. EJ ain't got evil intent in his body. The police department, number one, they shot him and didn't offer him uh, any life-saving uh, services because they thought they had called a mass shooter and stuff. And so they just sat there and let him die as he struggled. They watched him struggle. He was still alive after he got shot. They watched him struggle and die. They let the mass shooter escape, and they proclaimed for over a day that they had caught the guy. They had done it. And that kind of slander uh, for dead people, for dead black people, is nothing new. But, um, you know, finally coming to, oh, well, uh, it doesn't appear that he was involved in the uh, in the shooting. But still won't say that they shot him and they were wrong. They killed, they murdered him. Murdered. That's murder. At that point, that's murder. It concerns me so much that even after we've highlighted this, even after all the videos and stuff, that it's still happening. Yo, I've addressed it before, but it just keeps, and you go, well, are you going to keep addressing it? I don't know. It keeps coming up. Is it going to ever stop? I don't know. I wish it would. I really, a lot of stuff that I talk about, I don't even want to talk about it. Let's make no mistakes about that. I don't want to talk about it. Ever. I don't ever want to bring it up. It keeps bringing itself up. Again, when you talk about good leadership and stuff like that, I feel that I get to weigh in. This is my time to weigh in on that kind of stuff. I hear about it. We talk about it. And I say, we, me and my friends. And um, the frustration is real. It really is. And that's why I say when we talk about um, and, and when I hype people up and go, yo, go vote. Do it. And not just in presidential elections every four years. Your midterms, your, lo- your local stuff affects you more than anything else. Because all these people. So let me give you the example. So uh, Jerry Smith Jr. Who's that? Hey, it's another black dude. Hmm, surprise. What do you think happened to him? He got shot by the police. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. There's a theme for today. Uh, so the Milwaukee police shot this dude. And they tried to suppress the body cam footage because they said he was hiding behind like an air conditioner. They said all this crazy shit. And the footage obviously shows that this dude, they, um, they encountered him. They got the guns drawn and stuff. He puts his hands up. They tell him to get down. And as he goes to lay down, he's <laughs> going to lay down. They shoot him. Quote unquote, lucky for him, he lives through this. Uh, he's paralyzed from the waist down. The DA decided he was going to prosecute it because it was justified. <laughs> it is so beyond not being justified. Um, but that's why it's important DAs are elected officials. That's why it's important to know who your DAs are. One of the guys that um, I'm a real big fan of, uh, Sean King. Uh, man, uh, I wish I get Sean King on the show. <laughs> I, I really do. Uh, even Sean King... Uh, just stop by to say, Hey, I love the main event. Uh, well, I would 
fucking freak out. But anyway, Sean King's he's an activist. He really is. One of the things he talked about was a uh, campaign to help change the, uh, the composition of local DAs because as he pointed out in all the movement and we're trying to get this politician and this mayor and this DAs are the ones that bring charges or not. Um, and if you can get people to uh, prosecute people and I know a lot of people that go, well, Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, our brave men and women in blue, absolutely, they are. They do a job that is so fucking hard. They really do. And some of them are terrible at it. And 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 they need to stop. They really are. Um, everybody in the Air Force, you know the reason that the, the, the military pers- uh, prosecutes our own? It's so nobody else has to. We take care of our misfits. Because we don't want you thinking that we're all misfits or we condone that shit. I, um, a good friend of mine, he's a two-star general. Um, he, he was my squadron commander at one point, uh, aircraft commander in the early two thousands when we were, um, we were just breaking into the, um, war in Iraq and Iraqi freedom was just kicking off stuff. We were flying there, getting shot at together. Um, I always kind of, I, I, I messed with him. He was, he's, Major when I met him, got promoted as soon as I met him. But I messed with the colonel at the time because uh, the colonel is what we call in the military uniform Nazi. Um, if you're not wearing your uniform properly with that shades on your head, that's your sleeves rolled up, anything makes you look unprofessional. Um, he was there on guys' ass. And in, in the rank structure in the military and stuff, the colonel is a high-ranking position. And... He was probably a Fulbert colonel. And I was talking to him one day and I said, Colonel, I don't understand why you're out here busting guys' chops about their uniforms. Isn't that beneath you? I mean, really, isn't it? And he said, yeah, absolutely. It absolutely is. He said, but the problem is, is that guys like you won't do it. I was like, oh, shit, what? Yeah. So I do it because if you don't condemn it, you condone it. If you see a guy doing something he's not supposed to do and you look at it and you turn your head and don't say that's wrong, you just condoned it. He said, and I don't condone foolishness. Well, damn. (laughs) When other guys were talking about him being a uniform Nazi and stuff, I had to explain to him. I said, hey, look, here's the deal. If we will police our own, he won't have to. What will he have to say? If we're doing what we're supposed to do, because you're not saying that he's telling you something wrong. You're wrong. He's just correcting you. But he's absolutely right. And that's something that I, I want, you know, when you say, yo, man, why do you keep bringing this shit up? Because if I don't condemn it, I condone it and I do not condone this bullshit. I do not condone these attitudes and stuff. And I challenge you to the same standard. If you don't condemn it, you condone it. Don't condone this bullshit. Don't let this be okay. Don't let this be the narrative that our country is remembered for during your lifetime. 
a lot of people look back and they go, oh, I would never do that. Gassing Jews <laughs> is something that I would never participate in. Really? We're gassing immigrants at the border. Huh. I'm just saying, if it's fucked up, say it. Don't tell me what the law is. Slavery was legal. <laughs> Morality should be your compass, not legality. What is morally right? Especially in a place that props itself up as some kind of moral beacon for the world. If that's what you think this is, if that's who you think you are, then you need to condone it. doesn't matter what it is. You need to condone it. Because if you don't say anything, you need to condemn it. <laughs> what am I talking about? Yo, back to me for a second. Yo, <laughs> if you see something, you need to condemn it. Because if you don't, you're condoning it. And so, you know, if you don't take anything else away from this particular episode, take that away. Take away that Jermaine said it's time for you to stand up as a leader and the things in your life that you see, not to turn a blind eye to them. Because while you may not personally be affected by it, you might not personally be afraid, like I'm afraid of some of this shit. So I'm, I'm willing to say some stuff. Maybe we're friends and maybe you're afraid for me. I don't know. I'm just telling you, they just killed Army Cat. Just killed a military guy, served his country. We're worried about the NFL players where they're taking a knee over police brutality, and we're out here killing a black military man. Whatever. Not, and not the first one. Um, so I, I'm just saying, you know, this stuff keeps happening. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to keep it in the conversation as long as it keeps happening. I mean, I don't want to talk about it, but if that's what it is, that's what it is. But seriously, so your leadership for today is if you see some wrong shit, you say something. See it, say it. All right, man. Like I said, I want to end this thing out uh, talking about real estate. So, um, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you exactly uh, uh, what my plans are, um, and and maybe that in, inspires you to want to reach out to me. Uh, again, if you do, you can hit me on the website. Uh, you can send me a message. Um, <clears throat> very easy to do on the website. Very easy to contact us. You can do it through Facebook or whatever, too. You can DM me. Uh, it goes down in DMs. Um, but um, nudes, if anybody, anyone wants to send me nudes, I, I take those, too. Uh, but uh, <laughs> seriously, so with the real estate thing, uh, and here I am getting hype again. Because I'm very passionate about this, and I think this is, you know, this is real stuff. And I wish that um, I'd been introduced to these ideas a long time ago. I really do. It, uh, I, I I didn't really want to think about what I could have been able to do over the last 20 years if I'd been doing this. Um, but so I got my real estate license and real estate agents or, or kind of a dime a dozen um, in terms of numbers. Uh, a lot of people get a license and within five years, they don't practice anymore. Why is that? You say, well, because, um, as I was uh, talking to a cousin of mine and Hey, let me, let me pause for a second. I just lost a, uh, a first cousin. Uh, she just passed away. I, um, I 
I, you know, prayers for my family and stuff. I'm, I'm stuck in Oklahoma. I'm not going to be able to get out there uh, back home for the funeral and stuff. It's going to be this weekend, this Saturday and stuff. So, you know, prayers for my family. And, uh, Nisi, we love you. And, you know, I'm, I'm very heartbroken that she's gone. Um, uh, for, for the rest of my family, especially her children, uh, she leaves behind uh, three children and uh, some grandchildren. And uh, I know they're going to be heartbroken losing their mom and their grandma. And, um, man, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but one of her daughters, uh, I talked to her, uh, my, yeah, my favorite cousin, Kim. <laughs> cousin Kim, I talked to Cousin Kim uh, about the real real estate game. And one of the things I told her, though, was like, yo, it's money. Um, it was a little over $500 for me to go to school. 164 for my test, monthly fees to Keller Williams, um, business cards. You got to get yard signs. You got to pay for your MLS access. You got to pay for the realtor tag. You know, those are quarterly fees, a couple hundred dollars and stuff. The reason people don't get into it, uh, stay in it, is that there's a lot as a small business owner, because that's what you are. You're an independent contractor, you're a small business owner, um, uh, 1099 employee. Uh, which comes with some great tax stuff. I'm going to have to do a whole podcast on that. Um, <clears throat> and that's part of it too, your tax liability, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but a lot of people don't stick with it simply because they're not really being productive. And uh, as a rookie agent, I'm just going to lay down some of my why I think that is. I think it is because I don't think that people take it seriously as a small business. I don't think that they take themselves seriously as uh, employers and his bosses, and they don't really invest in their trade uh, in terms of education and stuff. Again, the reason I wanted to get to Keller Williams was because their training, their initial training was awesome, their resources, awesome. Um, and uh, so, like, when I walked in the door um, and I interviewed uh, with the lead there, I'm talking to Zach. Zach hands me a book to read. He's like, I was like, yeah, I already, I already read the Keller Williams book. Hey, I got a brand new book. Read this one. Yo, it's, I mean, if you're not educating yourself, I don't care what it is. Everybody does it. Um, and not just the, uh, if, if you want to be average, then do what everybody else does. If you want to be extraordinary, you've got to do something extra. And so <laughs> that extra stuff, uh, I ain't going to tell you everything that's in the sauce, in the secret sauce of extra. But definitely reading, there's some some resources available and stuff, and just becoming immersed in what the business is. And so that's what partly is I, um, I'm out here uh, uh, killing it up, uh, doing my cross training to my new airframe. It's my third one. I think I'll be okay. Um, but um, uh, the real estate stuff, I'm out here trying to educate myself because when, when I hit the streets back in Charlotte, oh, man, oh, it's going to be a monster. Monster on the streets. Incredible Hulk. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe Thanos has six infinity real estate rings. Snap my fucking fingers. All the properties going to disappear. Um, but I'm telling you, um, it's, it's just a great for me personal investment because there are a lot of things that I want to do, but I just think that a lot of, a lot of people, um, they get into residential home sales is the only thing for real estate, and that's just not what it is. Uh, am I going to do residential home sales? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You want to buy, sell a house? Absolutely. Especially for my friends. I hope that one day, um, as I build my business and stuff, that maybe I, I'm, I'm only really doing it for friends. 
And when I say friends, people I've sold for before, uh, people who maybe I never sold a house or uh, bought a house for them before. Uh, but you know, I know that I can do a good job for them and I want to take care of them. Um, you know, definitely you subscribe to the podcast. You're on the list of fr- we're friends. Um, shit, we're friends. What do you want for Christmas? Email me. Um, but, uh, one of the things that I want to get into, uh, is, uh, uh, property management and, uh, uh, real estate investment. Um, uh, some long-term stuff that I really want to do. Like when I was talking to my cousin, it is kind of expensive to get into. I, I hope to be able to set up some scholarships where I'm able to go out because so for in North Carolina, I can't speak for anywhere else. North Carolina, uh, you got to be 18 years old and a good standing, like you have good credit and you'll be able to pass a background check. Uh, you don't need any kind of education <laughs> to be a real estate agent. Um, especially as we're talking about the cost of college and stuff like that. Um, and somebody being their own business owner and stuff. If I can reach back into, into the communities, not just my community, but reach back into the communities and offer up scholarships and stuff where I can take a guy who, pro, who maybe is not going, uh, the road, to, uh, uh, university study and stuff like that. Um, and get them involved in real estate and not just as a real estate agent, as I, as I, as I expand my network, as my spirit influence grows and stuff, as I'm able to touch and move different things around the industry and stuff. Uh, one of the reasons that homes are so important is because they really, really affect so many industries, not just the home itself, but the homes have to be furnished. Uh, grass has to be cut painters, uh, electricians, plumbers, uh, you know, general contractors, all these, these different aspects and, and some things that you don't even, you're not even thinking about pest control. Um, all these different things of not even, not just offering the opportunity to become a realtor, but offering somebody an opportunity to, Hey, you know, we're going to scholarship down to local college and stuff so you can get your uh, HVAC license. And, but Hey, I know a guy that you can apprentice under, uh, so he can sign you off later and you can uh, start your own business doing HVAC, that kind of stuff. That's what my vision is long-term, being able to offer up those kind of scholarships, those kind of opportunities, networking between people uh, in different industries related to homes and stuff because there's so many different things. I ran into a young brother not that long ago. He came out uh, doing some cable stuff. This is his own cleaning business. Yo, guess who's in my Rolodex? When I sell you the house or when we're selling your house and you need to get it prepped and clean professionally, guess who we're going to call? We're going to call this young man, very enterprising stuff, him and some business partners. They're really doing some great things. Man, it's going to be phenomenal. I'm telling you, I'm so freaking excited for the future and what's going on because like everything else, when we're talking about leadership, it's not about you. It's about what you can do, your legacy, how you give back, how you mentor and reach down and bring people up. That's what I want to do. I also um, have a long-term goal. and it's, it's not original because I actually saw a young lady. I can't remember where she is from now. Um, I want to have a, a buy-back-to-block real estate group investment. Uh, it's like crowdfunding for real, real estate. Um, and basically where we go in and we start buying investment properties within the block. And I, and I say the block. So, um uh, gentrification. <laughs> if if this is the first time you're hearing that word, you don't live in the city. Um, <laughs> but basically, what that is is that um, <clears throat> in ah, 50s, 60s, 
suburbia comes along. Um, yeah, 70s, 80s. Um, well, let's, let's go a bit far back. I'm sorry. I got my time frames off. Uh, basically, the suburbs were built, uh, white middle class living suburbs, um, uh, late 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, uh, people of color moving to the suburbs. Uh, white people flee the suburbs again. Um, or flee, flee the suburbs. And now they're coming back to the inner city where black people were, were originally. And uh, if you're in Charlotte, you know that all the housing projects, except for like one or two, have been torn down and they've erected uh, property because they were in key locations. Real estate-wise, it made sense. They were close to downtown, blah, 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 just location, location, location. The three things you need in real estate. And um, so and there are a lot of areas around downtown that are – low to middle class uh, neighborhoods, primarily occupied by African-Americans and other people of color and stuff. Uh, but investment groups are coming in. They're buying up the houses. They're refurbing them and stuff because they can come in, get a house real low, refurb it, um, you know, new floors, new cabinets, new appliances, um, the whole shebang, and turn this $80,000 property into a $180,000 property, if not more. And sit on it, uh, whether they uh, rent it out or they um, uh, they turn around and sell it. Um, what are they doing? They're making money, and they're turning the demographics of the neighborhood, um, which I'm not opposed to. I, I, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I've, I've heard some people who they said some things about it. I'm like, eh. I mean, if you're really that concerned, why don't you buy the block back? And I was like, yo, how about that? How about we go back into our own neighborhoods and we invest in our own neighborhoods as African-Americans? How about we get together, if that's what you're concerned about, you're concerned about the demographics of your neighborhood, or not so much the demographics, the health of your neighborhood and survivability of your neighborhood and stuff, um, and you invest, you, how about you put your money where your mouth is, you join this investment group, we buy and refurb these houses within, and then we rent those out to low-income families and stuff where we're talking about that, um, and rent control or um, uh, the, the, the price of living, the cost of living is going is skyrocketing and stuff. And we, we vote for all these bonds to help with that and stuff. Um, but what are they really doing for us? Why don't we take care of our own? And just like in a lot of things that happen in the world, if you want it to happen, you got to make it happen yourself. So that's one of my long-term things that I want to get into too is being able to set that up and um, – and, and and maybe even through my property management, managing those properties and stuff and making sure that uh, we're getting people in and we have affordable housing um, within, our, within our own neighborhoods where people feel comfortable and bringing in business and retail and stuff and revitalizing our, our, our neighborhoods. Because if, if you're waiting for other people to do it, they're never going to do it. And if they do do it, they're going to do it on their terms, and they, those terms probably have nothing to do with you. Um, so, you know, because I'm, I'm tired of seeing people – who are second, third generation in a home, losing a home because they don't understand that they were supposed to be paying taxes. And in North Carolina, like you're looking at average, maybe like twenty-one dollars to $2,500 a year for taxes. Man, please. You're talking about a couple hundred dollars a month for a house that's already paid for. You're not paying a mortgage or anything. Pay your taxes. People losing their houses over this. You know, so, you know, and so real estate and investment education uh, classes too, offering those. Again, uh, at the heart of everything I do, it is about service. 
So when people ask me, yeah, what's your podcast about? Man, it's about service. It's about leadership. It's about real estate. Man, but what it's really about is about time to go. Hey, this has been another episode of the main event. Yo, I cannot express to you how much I love each and every one of you. I ain't going to let you down. I will be back next week. I hope you will be too. Yo, bring a friend with you. Man, make this a listening party. I don't know what you got to do, man, but make this shit poppin'. Hey, I'm out of here. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs>